We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva Paper Towels are for the long haul. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Managing Editor Derek C. Paul with the man, the myth, the legend. And I have no other nicknames for this man today. I'm, I'm just completely unoriginal today. Norm Hightower. And we have a huge, let's go, you know, Donald Trump impersonation. Huge, huge mailbag to go over with you guys tonight. Eight questions, um, more coming in. I, we have never had this many questions in the mailbag tonight, so outstanding. And, of course, we want to talk a little bit about the Gronk rumors. But before we get into it, iTunes. Please head on over to iTunes. 
we we could really use a five star review. It really helps boost our ratings. You know, makes us attractive to all those wonderful sponsors out there. So if you like what we do, if you are enjoying this podcast, and we get great feedback all the time. By the way, please please leave that review. Also, you can find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android, and Google Play. You can subscribe in all those places. And also, please. If you are in the L.A. area or just listening online to radio at all, iebeatradio.com has us on Wednesdays and on weekends at 10 a.m. Pacific time if you want to listen to us on the radio. All right, Norm. How you doing? I'm in a peeps coma. How are you? A peeps coma. You actually eat those things? No, I'm kidding. Well, I mean, because it wouldn't surprise me. You know, you're just a kind of, you're a peeps kind of guy, as he's, looks like he's pulling up a big beer in front of me now. So maybe he's not a peeps kind of guy. Maybe not peeps. So, uh, no. nacho, nachos <laughs> for Easter dinner, that's the way to go. Nachos? Yeah, right. I had buffalo, had a buffalo dip in, in nachos tonight, too, so there you go. We're, we're, we're pretty weak sauce around here on Rams Talk with our, with our Easter dinner. Okay, so... Before we bore you with food detail, because that's not what we're here for. The newest rumors with OBJ kind of in the background, nothing really happening here. And, and by the way, Benjamin Albright, NFL insider, came out this week and said, hey, listen, uh, it's not really much of anything, pretty much. I'm paraphrasing that. The Rams approached the Giants, asked some questions. Nothing has really happened since. At least that was a report a couple days ago. So that's kind of in the background, still lingering. And then we hear rumors of the availability of Rob Gronkowski. The availability of Rob Gronkowski. I'm having a bad day. For the Rams. Norm, how do you feel about that? Uh, The guy gets hurt all the time. And the way everybody's been talking about the Rams bringing in, you know, all the the troublemakers and all that stuff. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they do target him, but I, I would just assume uh, we stick with who we have on the roster at tight end and not overpay for somebody who's probably going to be hurt half the season. So are you trying to say that the Rams are finally kind of, you know, wearing you down on all the uh, different moves they've made? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying everybody else would say that, but Gronk three years ago, I'd, I'd have said, yeah, let's get him. Gronk now, nah. He's not. He's not even like got his head in football right now. It doesn't seem. I mean, he's talking about you know wrestling for the WWE and you know all that stuff. I I really would just assume keep who we have and not deal with uh, with him right now. And same thing with OBJ. I mean, I just don't feel like we have the money, and I would rather that. They just concentrate on the draft and the the normal free agents that are available. Well, see, I don't know about that. I, I don't know. Well, by the way, we agree. I think we agree for different reasons, though. When talking about OBJ, they can do it. They have to be pretty with the contracts, though. They can get him. That's actually feasible. The Gronk, I don't really know that that's what you really want to do. I know they talked to Tyler Eifert when he was a free agent before he, before he signed. I know they've been looking at other tight ends. I don't know that you just give up on the guys you got. We've seen flashes of potential in both Tyler Higby and in Joe Everett. So what you go out there and you go get Gronk, and you're going to pay a lot of money for Gronk. 
and then you relegate those guys behind him, I'm not sure if that's the best thing to do. I, I don't really think that's the world's greatest idea when you're really trying to make these guys into your stars for the future. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that. I agree elsewhere, too. I mean, I, he is getting older. His head's not been in the game. And quite frankly, why would he want to leave the Patriots for the Rams? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense as far as wanting to leave the Patriots. And I would just, I mean, I just, he's just not somebody I would like to go after. And that's just a personal thing for me. Would he help the team? Maybe, if he stays healthy. But for me, he's just not my cup of tea, so to speak. So I, I kind of hope we, we move on somewhere else. If you start overpaying too many people, it starts to diminish the quality of everybody else. You know, that's the, that's the thing I worry about. And not necessarily for this year, but next year, the year after, the year after. It starts to take an effect on the team. And I would just prefer that they go out and find some, you know, relatively decent free agents to bring in on a one-year or two-year, even if they're older guys, somebody with experience, and then go draft some linebackers and stuff like that. That's what I would rather see happen because – I really feel like the Rams offense, the only change on the Rams offense is Sammy Watkins. That's it. Nothing else has changed. I really think the offense is fine. But what has changed is that guy who stretched the field for you. That's what's changed. I mean, can they find replacements for him? I think so. Well, I've been, but that, I've let's been, be honest about that. I've been spending the last couple of weeks watching film, believe it or not. Uh, I watched the Saints game yesterday again, and that was one of Sammy's better games. And I don't see that he really had that much of an impact, to be quite honest. You know, really focusing on watching what he's doing during the game, half the time he didn't complete his routes. He ran horrible routes. A couple times he made some good catches and, and got a touchdown and made some decent plays in that game, but Overall, I don't think he has that huge of an impact on our, you know, on the defense with what he does. I, I don't see him double teaming him any more than anybody else. In fact, later in the game, they started double teaming Cooper Cup. We've got guys that can go out there and do it. Maybe not at Sammy Watkins level, but I just don't think, I really don't think we have much to worry about on offense. So I don't, you know, OBJ. Yeah, I mean, sure he'd help, but is he worth everything we'd have to give up? Is he going to make that much of a difference? I don't believe so. Gronk, same thing. I don't believe he's going to make that much of a difference. And, you know, can he stay healthy? I would much rather see the, the, them take the cap that they have available now, get Aaron Donald signed, get some decent free agents, and go out and kill it in the draft. That's what I would rather see personally. See, I don't know about that. I mean, I well, I agree with the premise of what you're saying, but when you're Different between the impact Gronk would make and the impact that, you know, that OBJ would make, I think is different. It, there's a, a differing thing there. With the tight end position, there's a, it's young on our team right now. It's young, and Gronk would come in right away, and he would be the best tight end on the, on the roster, and it wouldn't even be close. Yeah, if he can stay, we, healthy. We know that. If he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy. Now, it's the same for OBJ, but here's the difference. By bringing OBJ he would essentially slot into the same role that Watkins had. And let's be honest, right now in his career, he's better than, than Watkins has, has even remotely ever been. 
So he and he would get a full offseason with Jared Goff. But with Gronk, my concern would be they go out and they get Gronk. You are stunning. You're possibly stunting the growth of the guys behind him. Higby and well, Hemingway, too, by the way. He's, he was out last year. And, of course, Gerald Everett. I honestly believe that Gerald Everett can be one of the best tight ends in the league. I still believe that. We saw him live in the 49er game last year. And that catch he made in the sideline, that really showed what he's capable of. And he, he came from his backup quarterback, by the way. So, to me, it's a different situation. If we're, we're going to compare impact, I think OBJ would step in right away with a full offseason. And I think he actually makes this team a legitimate Super Bowl, not just contender, because I think they're a contender now, if they do right in the draft, but a Super Bowl favorite. Whereas Gronk, uh, you know, I think he can hurt more than help in some cases. And see, and I, I think differently. I think they could spend a late-round draft pick getting a speedy receiver, use the receivers they have, and spend more focus on making our defense even better. And whatever we lose in offense, which isn't going to be much in my opinion, we'll make up for in having much better defense. And so... I don't think we need all these big-name players. We, we already have a lot of them. We don't need more, in my opinion. You start getting that, that bankroll too big, and it's going to be just more and more difficult every year, where you've got impact players on both sides of the ball. You've got a really huge hole at linebacker right now. And I think you could fill those roles, you know, whatever you think you need on offense, you could, you could get that in the draft. And whatever you need on defense, you can get it in the draft too, but you need to get some, you know, some experience in there as well. And we need to get, to be perfectly honest, it kind of pisses me off that we haven't signed Aaron Donald and everybody's talking about spending all this money. You know, let's get Aaron Donald signed first. You know, that's, that's a big thing. Get Donald signed and let's move forward instead of going out after all these high dollar, big name players that may or may not help us. OBJ may help us, may not. Probably would. Gronk, I don't think Gronk could help us that much. And I really think he'd bring some bad attitude to the locker room, in my opinion. Well, the only thing with, with that is Donald, don't forget, they're not going to renew him until summer. When, when everything's all done and, and paid for and they can cut Baron, and they're, I mean, they're probably going to cut Baron. That's $9 million savings right there. They probably are. Matter of fact, they can't afford to resign. They don't cut Baron. So, you know, that's why they're not resigning him yet. But we wish they would have signed him a year ago. We've made that argument a couple of times. They should have resigned him a year ago. Well, and they can restructure Baron to a different contract to make room. But there's lots of things they can do. But I just, it, it really just bothers me that, you know, for two years now, we've been talking about Aaron Donald's contract. It just needs to get done. It's not like he hasn't proved himself on the field. Just get it done. And, you know, when we're talking about bringing in guys like OBJ, that's big money. He wants to be the highest paid player in the NFL. How do you have him and Donald on the same team? How much cap space is there? How much, how much cap space does a team have every year? Are you going to look at having two players take up a big percentage of that? I just don't think that's worth it, in my opinion. I think it makes the rest of the team weaker. In the long run, not necessarily this year, because they can do funky things with contracts to get 
one year's worth of a whole bunch of high play, high paid players, but I would much rather see him get serious, get Donald under contract, and fill the holes in our defense because we're a damn good team right now, and we could be much better if we had our defense finished up. Well, I think they are getting serious. I mean, that's kind of a weird implication. You said they were getting they're getting serious. I mean, look what they've done. Yeah, they've already noted as well that they already have a, a timeline in place for him of when they're going to get him signed. Now, where I think we could see some real problems here is let's say they get into the summer and they don't get him signed before the season starts. That's a problem. If they don't have to, if they if they go into the season with him without him signed, that's a big problem. Duh. But yeah, you're going duh, but it's it's April first, man. It's April first. It's not like you're you're talking about how well you know let's get serious about well okay they so, still have four months okay so, before their first preseason game so put a hundred dollar bill in your wallet and you got so many things you have to buy with that hundred dollar bill and you go ahead and spend eighty five dollars of it before you need to spend fifty I mean that's what they're doing right now they're talking about bringing in I mean I'm not saying they're not getting serious they brought in great players this year. They've made impact moves. They've done enough for that. They need to start filling in the holes. If they don't start doing that, and they start bringing in more high-paid players, how are they going to fix that problem? It just—it doesn't make economic sense. Well, it does if they cut Barron. It doesn't. No, because they still got to sign Donald. No, no, no. See, what they're at fourteen mil right now. They're at fourteen mil right now, right? Okay. Cut Baron at June first. It's twenty three million. It's going to cost between nineteen and twenty million. Uh huh. Okay. And you have draft, yeah, you get and you have draft picks that you have to pay. Yeah, you do, and you have your draft pool money for that. Okay, so will they have much of anything? So how are you going to bring no. in an Odell Beckham Jr. on a twenty million dollar contract? How are you going to bring in a Gronk well, on a big contract for a tight end that we don't really need? That's, that's, that's why they're. That's what I'm saying. Well, Gronk's not on twenty million dollar contract. No, but. He's going to be overpaid if he comes to the Rams. Well, I mean, right now you have Odell. They can't bring Odell in at $20 million a year. I know that that's been the rumor, right? They're going to extend him when he gets here? Yeah. That's the rumor? There's no way they can do that. They'd have to They'd have to wait until next year. And he has to be willing to wait until next year. Yeah. They could, I mean, they could. he had to play under his contract this year. They'd probably have to send another player their way. Um, it's not easy math. I'm not saying I'm not advocating making this argument about hey, they 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 can't sign Donald. I'm saying they have money to sign him is darn close. But also we don't really know what's going on in that front office right now. We have no idea what money they're jiggling around in there. We don't know if, if they're tweaking contracts here, what they're moving here. We don't. Hey, we don't even know if they're going to cut Baron. We're just assuming they're going to cut Baron because it's a nine million dollar savings. We don't even know. Yeah, like I said, they could restructure him. Part of me is scared to death that they do cut him because we don't have anybody to really replace him. And we need to have some experience back there. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the cap numbers right now, and I'm kind of going, you know, this is pretty scary. Now, right now, over the cap says we have 10721949 It should be close to $14. Uh, i am looking at over the cap. Look it up yourself. Cap calculator says cap room $10,721,949. Hmm. One second here. So, what does Sport Track has? 
I don't know. I, I'm just looking it over the cap, and that's the number. And how do you bring in a Gronk or an OBJ with that much cap space and sign Aaron Donald, even if you cut Barron? You're going to have to make a couple other moves, man. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not I'm not walking in this just being naive about it. I know they're going to have to move some things around, but it's we've seen this team do weird crap before. Have we not? Oh, we have. And I think they've done some of that already this year, which is great. They, they brought in Peters. They traded for Peters. They brought in Aqib Tlaib. You know, outstanding. They get Ndamukong Sue. Wow. <clears throat> when do you call it enough? When do you start focusing on the core? Not, I mean, too many Chiefs, not enough Indians kind of thing, you know? It, it, to me, it's, it's at the point now where if you start trying to spend too much more to bring in one more impact player, you're, you're making it a detriment to the team. Overall. Well, we can agree on that. I mean, you don't want the whole not enough Indian, not enough Indians to many Chiefs thing going on, right? I, mean, I get that. I totally get that. Um, spot spot track. Here's just how they clarify it. They're um, 10, 10 million, 10.5 million in cap space, and then you add in the cap with top 51 projected te- projected draft pool. Now you're at 16.5 million. So there's where the number, the higher number is. Where you're talking the combined draft pool plus your top 51, you're at 16.5. So there, that that clarifies it up a little more clear than over the cap has it. Right, but still, that money is allotted for your draft picks, so it doesn't really count in your bank account. Well, overall, it does if they don't spend that money on those draft picks. So we have no idea if they if they're going to trade picks or not. They're not going to have 16 mil though. You're right on that. They're no. not going to have six. Yeah, they're going to have, let's just say they trade a bunch of six rounders up for a fourth, you know, then, you know, what's the say, or they trade back for, out of the first round and the second round, those numbers are going to change. No, I, I agree. But, you know, that's kind of like, you know, it's, it's like when you're budgeting to go out and buy a bunch of different things, you've got your budget set aside for a certain thing. And that's what that money's set aside for is for your draft picks. You may not use all of it, which gives you more room. That's great. You may spend more of it, which screws your cap even more. But ultimately, right now, they, they've got less than $11 million in actual cap space without their draft picks. You know, I, I don't see how they're going to do it and bring in these other players unless they make some serious adjustments. That would be restructuring some other players, and I don't know who that would be right now. And then you've got, you know, maybe trading away guys, which, you know, some of the rumors out there, if they were to trade away some of the guys that they're talking about, it'd really piss me off. <laughs> so. Uh, you mean, uh, hmm. <laughs> so it's just like, to me, it's like enough's enough. Let's, let's, when I say let's get serious, let's get serious about filling the holes on the team and not going out and adding people that we don't necessarily need. You know, it sure, OBJ sounds like a great thing to sign. Yeah, you know, he's a great wide receiver, but at what cost? You know, what what do you have to give up to get him? Not only in future stock, but in current stock, because you're going to have to let players go. This team made the first round of the playoffs last year as a young team, and the core of, core of the offense is still there, minus one player. 
our defense is almost completely different. So let's, you know, defense wins championships. We just got two all-pro Pro Bowl defense or defensive backs. We got Joyner back there now. John Johnson's doing a good job. Aaron Donald, if we get him under contract on the line, Sue on the line, Brockers on the line, that's all great. It sounds perfect, but then you got nothing behind him. So for me, it seems like they should be focusing more on that. Because if we can get our defense stout, better than it was last year, it's going to make everything better. So I would rather they focused, you know, on that instead of signing OBJ. That's my personal opinion. People can boo me or hiss me or whatever they think, but that's my personal opinion. Well, I don't think many people, you know, people are going to have different views on it. I, you, ours are a little bit different, too. In the end, what it comes down to, though, this free agent period didn't have a whole lot in terms of linebackers that were appealing. And neither does the, the draft. <laughs> and so this is probably why they went the route they went. Now, the draft has a couple. They have a couple nice linebackers there. If there's Sean Evans and if they're still there, if they fall, <laughs> if they're still there, but that and then that actually goes into our mailbag tonight. We have a huge mailbag, as I mentioned earlier. We're going into that, but before we do, let's go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsors, the Golden Ram Barbershop. They have been our sponsor now for almost a year. Has it been almost a year? Over. They, yeah, almost a year. I mean, oh. they, they've been. With us, uh, Sal Martins over there at 13755 Golden West Street, his Golden Ram Barbershop in Westminster, California. Man, I love that shop. It is the ultimate experience for any Rams fan. Ultimate experience. Just to get your hair cut. And in Norm's case, get whatever hair he's got left cut. I mean, it just, come on. When you walk in this place, it is loaded with Rams, Stuff wall to wall, jerseys, helmets, pictures, magazine covers, you name it, he's got it. And he's always want to talk football with you. Rams, Vikings, the guy who walked in when we were there, Vikings fan, he'll talk all day with you. It's an all the all powerful, true blue barbershop experience. So give him a call. 714-894-7267 by appointment only. Use the promo code Rams Talk. He's open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. Again. 714-894-7267 for the Golden Ram Barbershop in Westminster, California. By the way, folks, we do this show two or three times a week, usually two. Um, in order for us to go ahead and you know keep the lights on, to keep doing what we do, we need sponsors. So if you like what we do, also, hey, send us an email and sponsor us. We're ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Again, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. We'll send you a media kit, let you know what our numbers are so you, we can talk some business. Again, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. All right, so here we go. Our mailbag tonight is huge, huge. Oh, you can call and leave us a voicemail too. Leave us a voicemail, 657-666-5453. Norm's giving me the weird look. I'm a little bit – it's Easter. Jeez, it, guys, it's Easter. I'm a little bit off my game tonight. Just make fun of me a little bit. We'll be all right. All right, mailbag. Norm, you ready for this one? Let her rip. All right, here we go. From Great Show on Turf. Oh, actually, Great Show on Surf. Codename Jeff Fisher's Mustache. <laughs> That's just Twitter, folks. Which will happen first? Jeff Fisher getting back into coaching or the L.A. Renters, that's the Chargers, the L.A. Renters winning a Super Bowl? Ugh. 
I hope neither one ever happens. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, that's uh, that's what I think. I don't think Fisher will ever be back as a head coach. I just don't see that happening. And I don't know if he'd come back at a different role. And, you know, I don't know who would hire him as a head coach, so I guess it's possible, but I really don't see the Chargers winning a Super Bowl, so I guess I'd have to say Jeff Fisher, even though I cringe at the thought. You cringe at the thought. You don't see the Chargers winning. They're still a talented team. Uh-huh. I mean, they, they're still talented. Uh-huh. When's the last time they won a Super Bowl? Uh, well, you know, never. <laughs> never. Okay, so let's... Let's let's quit that debate and talk serious stuff. <laughs> okay, well, hey, you know, it's a fair question to ask. I'll also say Jeff Fisher, and I disagree with Norm on this. I think Jeff Fisher will be back because somebody is still going to believe in his mystique. We believed it when he first came on. We believed that he would turn the team around, and in some ways he did. And in some cases, it become unbearable to watch. We saw last year between 2016 and 2017 the big change in this team, and we could – Full-heartedly point at Jeff Fisher and see why this team got better quickly. Also, you know, just the, the energy that Sean McVay brings. So I think he'll be back, and I think whichever team decides to go ahead and hire him will be making a huge mistake. So there you go. Also, let's see, your next question, also from Great Show on Serve. <laughs> Jeez, we just talked about this. Who should the Rams target if we can't get OBJ or Gronk? So that's a simple, for me, that's very simple. You need to target some free agent linebackers. And we've talked about it over and over and over again as far as what's available, and there's not a lot. Uh, there are a few older players out there. So as far as free agents, D. Ford, uh, he's still available from the Chiefs, uh, outside linebacker. I, I would look at him. Junior Gallette. We're still wondering what's going to happen there. We've heard some rumors, you know, that they're in talks with him, but really don't know any more other than that. As far as outside linebackers go, there's not a ton left out there. Willie Young, 32 years old. James Harrison, 40 years old. You know, I almost feel like if you're going to go with somebody that's older, you might as well go with something that you know, which would be Connor Barwin. So, you know, there's – they need to bring one veteran in at one of those positions if they're going to, especially if they're going to cut Mark Barron. So I would target, you know, a free agent linebacker and then concentrate really hard on the draft if it were me. We don't, I don't think we need, like I've been saying over and over and over again, we don't need to spend a lot of money on a really high impact player. We just need to get solid players for our middle linebacker and outside linebacker positions. So that's what I would target. All right. I'm actually. Big on linebackers. To me, it's linebackers all the way. You know, for the first round pick, third round pick, get a guy like a Derek Johnson, get him in there, an older veteran who still has legs. He still has legs. Even a James Harrison, if you if you want someone who can play some limited snaps, you know, who and hopefully will take a decent pay cut at this point in his career. So that's what I'm looking for right there in terms of who they should get. I do not want them either considering trying to get some other high-paid uh, receiver through trade or anything like that. If, if Des Bryant gets cut, uh, I, no, no, don't, not, don't want them thinking about that. Just we got to fix that. That linebacking core needs some serious help right now. If they can get that linebacking core, just some average help, they're going to be fine next year. Crenshaw Rams 
asks us, do you see an extended role for Farrell Cooper for returning as a kick returner, punt returner, and how much do you think the fumbles in the playoffs will affect his stock? I don't think the fumbles in the playoffs will affect him. In fact, I think it's going to make him a better player. So I really think we don't have to really worry about that. They're going to concentrate a lot on that. He obviously was very impactful for us on special teams last year, and I, I, I don't see that role changing for him. There's a, you know, he's he's a good receiver too, and there's a good possibility that, you know, they may end up if they don't sign an OBJ or another big big name wide receiver, they might start using these guys that aren't normally starters as kind of a a filler to come in and change it up. Josh Reynolds, you know, I watched him last night in the uh, in the Saints replay, and that kid's got talent. If he can put it together, I really think he could fill in the Sammy Watkins role. Obviously, he's not going to be Sammy Watkins, but I could see him filling it, and Farrell Cooper could probably come in and fill that role a little bit too every now and then. He's obviously got speed, and uh, his you know his yards after the catch could be something that they'd have to keep an eye on. So, you know, that's kind of how I see it. Well, I, I see him, you know, I see Farrell keeping the same role he has. I see him as being... The, the sole reliant right now for a kicker and punt return. I don't think the Rams are going to try and span him too much in the passing game. You know, he's good at what he does. And you also want to keep him healthy. You have him out there receiving as well as on kicks, then you're risking his health, and he's become such a weapon where he is. I think you probably want to limit those snaps. And I, I agree with Norm, too. I don't think that his stock takes much of a hit. I think in the end, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger in many cases, in most cases. And with him, if he takes that game and goes home this season and uses it to become a better person on the field, have more character in the way he does business on the field. Um, and I don't mean he had bad character before, by the way. I'm not even sure if I'm using the right wording there. Just better mentally. And I think it might be just have a better mentality. I think it'll be fine. I, I really like what he brought this team. And for those people who still want to blame him, let's not forget Without Farrell Cooper, this team does not make the playoffs. He meant that much. So, all right. Justin Orsic asks, here's a good one, Norm. Any thoughts on an old Rams receiver from WVU looking for a comeback? Tell me he wouldn't beat out some competition on the team right now. And he's referencing Stedman Bailey. Well, well what do you think? Well, Stedman could come in and fill a role, sure. And love to have him back. Feel bad about what happened. You know, we, you know, you interviewed him, great guy, uh, always had a positive impact on the team. You know, I could really see him coming back and playing well for us. However, he's not a Sammy Watkins type player, and that seems to be what everybody's concerned about filling that role. So I don't know that it would change much. I, I kind of feel like Cooper Cup is now in that position where Stedman Bailey was. You know, he's very similar in this in how they play. So, you know, I'd love to have Stedman back. I just don't know that he fits what we need right now. Yeah, I did have the, the privilege of talking with him a few months ago, and that's when he actually told, you know, let the news out that he had received clearance to go ahead and start practicing again, and that he had surgery where his head was now in better condition because of his plate than it was before his, um, his horrible, well, his, the shooting. And that is the real problem with him is while we would all love to have him back, there are other receivers on this team that are similar to him. Granted, 
Granted, he's probably a little faster than Cooper is. He's probably right now probably has a little better hands, at least after where they were. Okay. Cooper still had some issues and I know normal fight me on that one, maybe and, and probably beat me. But <laughs> he gives me a special gesture just now. Um, but he could bring some value. I think it's at least worth investigating to see. I think it's worth looking at. Well, at if, least if he's not going to have a chance on any other team, I'd love to have him bring him into camp. Sure. And you never know because once one thing about him about Seven Bailey before he got hurt, before this horrible shooting, uh, he to me never really was getting to where his potential was. We knew he had potential to be better. We knew he could be a very good receiver in this league. And every once in a while, he'd show us flashes. And then he'd disappear. We wouldn't want to happen with him. And so maybe something that's happening to him changes him and makes him a better player. Makes him a better, just more grateful for the opportunity. Because a lot of times when you're young, you know, you don't always, well, you take things for granted. And maybe he was. That's how it felt sometimes with me. Yeah, I mean, I wish Stedman all the best, and you know, if he if he comes in and, and makes a team with the Rams, that would that throw me to death. I, I hope he makes it with some team out there and gets another chance because he deserves it. Uh, quality individual, quality player, and uh, you know, good luck to him. I, I hope I hope he makes it somewhere, and if it's with the Rams, great. All right, Joe Marciano, he asks us, "What's the plan to replace Whitworth? Age is a significant risk." Well, Norm. Well, they're they're going to have to draft somebody and coach him up, and and let him develop under Whitworth and learn from him, or they're going to have to just uh, bring in another free agent tackle at some point uh, before before Whitworth is gone. Right now, I don't know that we have anybody in the pipeline that's going to be able to fill that ro- that role. So, and we don't have enough draft picks to to really change that, I don't think, with where we're positioned in the draft. So we're either going to have to draft one next year or probably look at uh, re-signing another another, uh, free agent tackle. The draft right now is interesting. The top tackle on the board, according to WalterFootball.com, is Mike McGlinchey, the offensive tackle for Notre Dame. He probably won't be there by the time the Rams pick at number 23. Also, Orlando Brown, he'll be there after what we saw at the combine from him. He'll be there, but I'm not sure if... He's a fit at this point. I don't – he – his uh, – well, his his stuff was so bad at the combine. I mean, I'm not even sure what else to to say. Isaiah Wynn, the offensive tackle guard center, right now he's, he's from Georgia. I know a lot of people are, are really high on him. He's 6'2", 308, could probably be a little bit taller as a, as a tackle. Some folks believe, like Walter Football believes, that he's probably going to move inside to guard or center at some point. And then after that, there's a there's a pretty big drop off. Colton Miller from offensive tackle from UCLA, Connor Williams from Texas. Those guys are second and third round guys. So Tyrell tackles Crosby. It, and that's later in the draft, right? Yes, that's um. Tyrell, Tyrell Crosby is in the top five. A lot of people. He's uh right now projected from Walter Football, the third or fourth rounder. Now I like him a lot. I know you do. Yeah, I mean I know him, but he's no Andrew Whitworth. Could he be one one day? I don't think so. I mean, he could. I don't want to cut him short. I, I think he's suited better to play right tackle in the NFL, but uh, he's definitely talented, 
and he would be somebody with uh, with the right kind of uh, tutelage and, and having the chance to, to play behind Whitworth might learn it, but I honestly don't really see anybody in the draft this year that could come in and, and take over that role. And I don't know that there's going to be anybody next year or not. I mean, left tackles are hard to find in the league. You know, teams that have great offenses generally have a great left tackle. And there's a reason for that. And there's not many of them. So, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to fill that role. I, I could really see them doing what they did with Whitworth and, and going out and finding a free agent tackle to take his place if he decides to retire. But I'll tell you what, that guy's in great shape. And for his age, you know, he could he could play two, three more years if he chooses to do so. Well, yeah, but, you know, going back to last season, he did he did wear down some. Let's be honest about that. Towards the end there, he he was getting beat more, and he could really use a good backup, if not protege, to come in and step in behind him. Looking at the the draft here, I'm thinking Rams will probably look at a tackle third or fourth round. Tell me if, they, if you disagree. In third and fourth round, guys who are projected to be out there, uh, Desmond Harrison from offensive tackle from West Georgia, uh, he's Got some issues. Um, of course, your guy, Tyrell Crosby, third or fourth round. Um, some people believe he could, if he can get stronger, that he could actually be a left tackle in the league, a starting left tackle. Brandon Parker from North Carolina A&T, a third or fourth uh, round projection. Interesting size, by the way, 6'7", 303. Jamarco Jones from Ohio State. I'm an Ohio State guy. I can tell you I don't really um, – Geez, I, I see him being an, an NFL athlete. I don't see him being a starting left tackle for the NFL. I just don't. He has too many holes in his game. It's going to take some time if he's going to wind up becoming that. Uh, Austin Corbett from Nevada, 6'4", 310 pounds. He's projected to go somewhere between the second and fourth round. So there are some guys out there, Brian O'Neill from Pittsburgh, that could possibly be that developmental guy. I just don't see the Rams moving on anybody in the first round. At least a tackle. No, I don't see that either. And not only that, but, you know, there's been, I want to say it was three years ago, where all of a sudden there was a run on tackles. And teams started to panic. And guys that were projected to go third and fourth were ending up going first and second. So you just never know. You never know who's going to be available. That's why I think they have to, they have to look at that, hopefully a linebacker whether it's inside or, or outside, with that first-round first, first round pick or they trade back into the second and get some more picks, uh, which, depending on who's there, probably is going to be the smart move now. So <laughs> I would say, you know, you got to go after the linebacker with your first pick, and then it's probably best best player available per need after that. Yeah. I agree. And then we'll see. I think what's going to happen, I, I, I'm starting to really think the Rams are going to move back. I'm starting to think so. Well, like I said earlier, you know, when we were talking before they signed Sue, you know, I was I was confident they were either going to move up and go after Via, Vita Via, or they were going to move back. And and now that they've got Sue, I, I really, I'm pretty sure, unless there's a dynamic linebacker there that they don't think is going to be there later that they want to get, I, I think they move back. All right. Rams Todd Father. Yes, that's his Twitter handle. Rams Todd Father. (laughs) 
He asks, what are the chances of bringing Connor Barwin back? And could Tavon make an impact in year two of McVeigh and a healthy training camp in OTA? Well, like I said earlier, I think if you're going to go after one of the older linebackers, you know Car, you know Connor Barwin. You know what he's capable of. You know what he can do. It, it's kind of like, is it better to go after somebody that you you don't know that well, or is it better to go after somebody that you do know really well? And obviously, they know him. So I think his chances of coming back are pretty good, depending on, you know, what he's going to cost. Again, it's all about the money right now, as far as I'm concerned. So, but I think the odds of him coming back are pretty good. As far as Tavon, Tavon is a talented young man. Tavon has great ability. If his head gets out of the way <laughs> and he can actually go out and focus and play football, I, I think he's got every opportunity to go out there and prove that he can still play in the NFL. Again, watching the Saints tape last night, there I don't know if you remember this or not, but there was one particular play where uh, he was almost tackled in the backfield, jetted around the left side of the line, and there were three guys coming at him, and he just laid down. He literally just laid down, like, I'm done. Don't tackle me. And that that was part of the problem with him last year is just, I think he was afraid to get hurt, afraid to take a hit. And you can't you can't play in the NFL at his at the caliber that he should be at if he can't do that. So it, it's really going to depend if his head gets out of the way this year. If he can just go out and play football and do what he can do, what we all know he can do, then he's got a great chance. But I'm, I'm part of me, my gut's telling me he's going to struggle. Uh, well, let me, let me go with Tavon first here. I, I agree with you. I also think that if there's anybody who can get anything out of him, it's Sean McVay. I believe that if he comes into camp healthy, if he comes into camp open to really learning the system and just plays the game and follows what they tell him to do, I think he can make an impact. I think, I really think he can. I think they can use him. They need his speed. I just don't know if he can get his hat out of the way. If anybody can bring it out, I think it's McVeigh. I really do. But can he get his head out of the way? I, that's... And that's hard for me because I really, I really like Tavon from the beginning. You, you hate to see somebody who flashes potential to you, who flashes stardom, and you hate to see them not actually reach that. You, you know, how can you not cheer for someone to reach their potential in life? And I, and I, I sound like a self-help guru here. <laughs> you know, this great, uh, but how can you not want to cheer for this guy when you know how good he can be? It just. It's hard to swallow when you think, basically, that you see a waste of talent. If we can get the early dynamic playmaking Tavon back, we're in great shape. But I, I just don't know if he can get out of his own way to do it. And I, I really hope he does. I, you know, Again, I never wish for anybody to fail. And 
hopefully he can come out and and re-energize and you know invigorate his career but we'll see I, I just have my doubts after watching again last night seeing some stuff it just it scares me I'm afraid he's going to go out and actually get hurt because he's being too careful looks like the person who drives too slow and it's actually dangerous because they drive too slow yeah uh, okay and also a chance to bring Connor Barron back I think they're really good and you know he'll be cheap and he spent part of the year injured in this system. He might be, might even be better this year. We've gone through the numbers. The numbers on Barwin last year were not good at all. But second year in the system, he could be healthier. He was knocked up quite a bit here and there. He might actually be better. So I think the odds are pretty stinking good. All right, we're almost done with the questions here. Matter of fact, just one more, and it kind of goes hand in hand. Kamali Webson asks us, do you think the Rams will draft an O-lineman on one of the first two days of the draft? And any thoughts on who potential? We've already partially answered this when it comes to tackles. But what about guards and centers? What do you think? Well, depending on how far Price falls, if he falls into the third, because, you know, he injured himself. Didn't he tear his pectoral during the... Yeah, yeah, pretty significant partial tear, not a full tear. Right, partial tear of of, of that during the, the combine. I I have no doubt he would have went late late first round, uh, before that, possibly early second. Now I can see him dropping to third if he drops too far in the third. Uh, Rams might want to take a look at him. Other than that, I I don't think the Rams go after an offensive lineman in the in the first three rounds unless it's just somebody that they're really big on, and I don't know who that would be other than Price. Well, there's a little bit of concern, that, and I've seen this brought more recently. This Rams offensive line, there's a ton of free agents on the offensive line after this next season, after 2018. And we also some guys getting older, John Sullivan being one of them. Saffold's starting to get up there as well, and he's going to be a free agent, by the way. So there is some concern on getting this offensive line set for the future. So with that in mind, I hate to say it, and you're probably going to give me a middle finger here through the, the Skype here. I, it would not surprise me to see them go after an offensive lineman in the first or third round. It wouldn't. Uh, a couple guys are out there right now. And by the way, I'm not saying I want that. Don't look at me like that. I, you guys, he, the look he's giving me right now is one of, he wants to just slap me on the side of my head. Norm, listen, I am not agreeing with that. I want a linebacker. They should go in linebacker. But I can see the rationale. I know one of our um, one of the our other Rams podcasters out there mentioned this yesterday, the idea of Isaiah Wynn again, or even Will Hernandez from UTEP, the big, big guard. 350-pounder, if he's available, going and getting him. I get that, but – if they do draft somebody at someone that's can't miss and they've dealt with the linebacker situation, and I don't think by then they'll have dealt with the linebacker situation. I don't have a problem with them going after an offensive lineman in the first two days if they trade back and get more picks. So the look that I was giving you, I was biting my lip because I was thinking, not because I wanted to slap you. Oh, okay. You. <laughs> not because I, I mean, I always want to slap you, but not, not for that particular <laughs> comment. Um, 
I was just thinking about it. If they if they trade back, depending on what they would get for their first, uh, obviously they'd get a second or a later first, which there's not too many laters. Uh, but if they end up getting you know another day two draft pick, there is a good possibility if there's alignment that they like that they could go after him. As far as who that would be, though, there there's a lot of choices there, and it really depends on who they're big on. And, and right now, I don't know who that would be. I, I quite honestly have not looked at the offensive line too much because I've been spending most of my time looking at the linebackers for obvious reasons. Yeah, uh, and there's a, a really detailed list out there, too, on um, and thanks to uh, DTR for sharing that list with us. Of all the, the players that the Rams have talked to over the last, in terms of rookies, they've brought in, they've interviewed, and so on. It's, it's pretty extensive. The Rams have become a team that is really, really, really into the full research game on players. And it worked last year in the draft. I'm confident it's going to work in this year. So this massive list of players they've been talking to, we're talking running backs, guys, um, safeties, corners, still receivers, lots of offensive linemen, linebackers. So they've talked to a lot of different people, um, more than we've heard documented before. So they may just surprise us. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, overall, because we've seen Lesney do weird things back when Aaron Donald was drafted. We thought that was, oh, we didn't see that one coming. It wound up being a great pick. I remember you loved that pick. Um, I was skeptical because I just didn't know what the Rams were doing. And years later, well, we know what they were doing. So um, we'll see. We'll see. All right, folks, that is a massive mailbag today. We it has, Thanks so much for those who uh, – answer the call for mailbag questions. You pretty much made the show for us. You made it easy for us tonight. Lots of things to talk about from you that you're wondering about when we only really had Grok to talk about and a couple of other more minor things, but we'll, I guess we'll hit those up later on this week. Norm, any final thoughts? It's getting down to the nitty-gritty, and it's been awful quiet, and that's okay for me. They've been, you know, the Rams have made a big splash. Uh, doing what they've done so far. I'm really, really happy with what they've done. And and I've, obviously you know my opinion of making too many more splashes right now and spending too much money. So I really think it's time to start focusing on, you know, what's left in free agency and what's going on in the draft. Uh, unless something freaky comes out in the news, I'm I'm spending my time focusing on that and I'm not looking at OBJ or Gronk or anybody else. If it happens, it happens, but I gave you my opinion on that last podcast. I don't think uh, OBJ is going to be here, and the whole Gronk thing, when I heard that, (laughs) I just kind of rolled my eyes and said whatever. So um, time to start focusing on the draft, I believe, and uh, this is going to be fun. All right, before we go, folks, just want to remind you, head on over, please, to iTunes. That five-star review would be really appreciated. Also, subscribe. You can subscribe on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. You can visit IEBeat Radio, also on Google Play and Android. We really appreciate all that you have done. We've become very big quickly. We, our, um, our listenership has just grown so much. So thank you for supporting us. And uh, we're looking forward to this draft, man. I'm getting excited, getting pumped. Yes, sir. All right. 
Fort Orm Hightower. This is Managing Editor for the Rams Talk, Derek C. Apollo. Peace out. Adios. can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.